Today, I'm joined by my friend, Mai Lee, an Associate Director at the Millennium Challenge Corporation and a Managing Partner at Like Family. So, so Mai, thank you for joining me today. Hey, Jeremy. Happy to be here. So Mai, for those who don't know you, as, uh, as I've gotten to know you over the last few years, share a bit about where you're from, uh, who you are, and what you do. Okay. Well, um, I grew up in the Washington DC metro area. I've lived here for most of my life. Um, I even went to school at George Mason. So I stayed local um, when I went to college. And um, I, I got into um, IT just really by chance. Um, I was studying psychology at George Mason and my boyfriend, now husband at the time was like, you need to get a summer job. And so um, I got a temp job because I had this incredible skill of being able to type really fast. And really they just had me uh, take a typing class and they, um, I was placed with a, a local defense contractor, a, a pretty well-known defense contractor. And so over the summer, um, I temped at this defense contractor's help desk and it was a really interesting experience. So my job was really just to do the level one intake at a help desk. So just picking up the phone and um, you know logging all of the trouble tickets um, for this defense contractor. And they were a 24 hour help desk. And that was really all that I did. You know, I was like fairly computer literate, but um, over the course of that summer, they were really flexible because it was a 24 hour help desk and I had, and I would sometimes work late into the evening or um, I would sometimes take the overnight shift and nobody would call. <laughs> so that gave me a lot of time to number one, get my homework done because I was still in college at the time. Um, number two, socialize with the other people that were working at the help desk. <laughs> And then sometimes we would also just like, you know, indulge ourselves in our own personal interests. And, um, you know, and I would like get involved with what other people were working at at the time. And I just so happened to be lucky enough to sit next to a, um, a young man that was around the same age as me who was studying computer science. And um, at the time I had no background in IT aside from like doing email, this was in the late nineties, um, but he was studying computer science and he would talk to me about it. And I found it really, really interesting. So we had these long stretches of hours overnight where he would show me what he was working on or mm. the projects that he was working on. And I thought, I just thought it was really cool. And in the back of my mind, I was just like, oh, well, you know, that is, so cool because I find myself, although I am really interested in people, which is why I studied psychology, I love understanding people and learning about them. And I'm a nosy person. So I'm learning <laughs> about people's personal lives and what motivates them and what troubles them. And I love to offer like suggestions. My sister says that I am like the most convincing person in the world. So, um, so I, you know, I had this love of psychology, but the other half of my brain loves to do problem solving. And I am a, I love puzzles. I'm so good at Tetris. <laughs> like that is like, I love puzzles. I love word puzzles. I love problem solving. I love logic puzzles. Um, it's kind of like 
if you, well, similar to how you are, Jeremy, like you love doing DIY projects around your house. I don't like, I'm not a DIY person, but I love like building things on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. um, so I just really found it interesting. So that's this kind of like sparked an interest in my brain. Um, so as the summer progressed, um, it, it turned from a summer job into just a regular part-time job. Even when school started again, I continued to work as continued to temp at this company. And eventually it turned into a full-time job. Um, so they hired me. I was no longer temping there. And this was um, in the late 90s, early 2000s during the dot-com boom. And this was when companies were like handing out like big referral bonuses and um, and they were also like giving tuition reimbursements for like anything that you wanted to study. And so in order to pay for school, um, the company said, well, if you want to study, like to have a minor in IT, then we'd be happy to pay for all of school. So I was like, wow. this is amazing. I want to take, uh, you know, I wanted to take advantage of the opportunity. And, um, and so I decided to keep my major in psychology, but minored in IT. And that's really where I got started. And the gentleman that I happened to sit next to, he became a really close friend. And um, you know, as I as I graduated, and I still continue to work at this company. But after I graduated, they promoted me to different levels of the help desk, which then also blossomed into um, asking me if I knew anything about Lotus Notes because at the time the company was using Lotus Notes for emails and like forms and things like that. And I was like, I think I could read a book about it and maybe learn it. And it was built, Lotus Notes is built on the Lotus Domino platform, right? Mm -hmm. So they said, hey, we need to build these forms. I was like, I, I'm pretty good at figuring these things out. So um, this was like a very small shop and I was like the only person that was doing it. So when you don't really have anybody else to really rely on, you just end up figuring things out for yourself. And personally, I've always been a terrible student, but I think the way that I learned best is like just by you know playing around and making mistakes. And um, so really that's how I learned how to start building things in Lotus Notes, which then turned into building things in Cold Fusion. Um, so for that same company, I also built like, um, a content management system so that people could, you know, search for knowledge-based articles for that help desk, and which then led to connecting to APIs so that people could uh, check on the status of their tickets. And then, then that turned into learning.net. Um, so really, it was all mostly all self-taught, uh, but I've had a lot of, you know, and I've had a lot of failures and mistakes, but all, all along the way, it's been totally fun. Um, you know, I, I love exploring things. And I feel as though like, in the past 20 some years, um, I've gone from like being a one man development shop, and this was before Enron, or before you had to have like two distinct teams of like operations and production people and development people that you know, when I was working back then, it was just a developer that developed things and deployed things and, you know, created the database and provisioned all the permissions. Right. 
And, um, you know, I also have done, you know, that also led me to do a lot of training. When you're a one-man team, you build something, you have to train people on how to use it. And it also led me to, you know, patching servers and <laughs> moving, <laughs> physically moving servers. And so I feel as though, um, you know, it all started from when I was back in college, just by chance. I was around the right people. Um, and I was also given the opportunity and the time and the space to just explore and learn something. And I, I know a lot of people don't have that luxury, um, but I did. And, and I'm really glad that I had that opportunity. Wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah. So, and, and throughout that, I mean, I, I know you're in this product manager role now. I imagine there's a lot of your psychology stuff that comes in handy dealing with both customers and getting the internal operations people to listen to you. Yeah, so I really feel as though I'm in like this very sweet spot right now because I, I think I've sat on both sides of the fence where I've been a frustrated user <laughs> of uh, an application or a tool that that is uh, developed by somebody else. And I've also been a developer where, you know, I've, gotten requirements from some unknown entity and it's just my job to build it. And, um, you know, a lot of the times when I was just working as a developer, I had very little, uh, I had very little control over the things I got to build or do. It was really like, you know, you get the requirements and you build it to spec, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so now I feel as though I'm at a place in my career where it's like the most important thing to me is being able to understand the user's pain points and then being able to make sure that the developers understand that as well so that they get a lot more context around why they're built, why they should build things in, in a certain way. And I, I know that, um, just from wearing my developer hat back in the day, like sometimes the developers, they have the solution, but they just don't have the full story, right? Yeah. So it's my job to like tell this whole story and have them understand the user experience as well. And it also, you know, gives me this little bit of control over being able to choose what's the most important thing to focus on as well. Wow, that's, that's awesome. So you've been around now in the IT field for 20-ish years. So what's something you see that we that we do that that you, if you somebody came to you and said, you know, my today you get to make the big decision. Uh, what's something that's, uh, you, you know, we do that's either frustrated you or you just think maybe we should reconsider that? I think in general, um, when you think about IT, I think a lot of people think that it has to be totally technical. There are just so many different types of IT careers that don't necessarily require you to be technical. Um, it, you don't have to have 20 years of development experience to break into the IT field. And I personally think that some of the, the the best colleagues that I've worked with as of late were people that started out in something completely different. Mm. Um, so I think that IT hiring 
really depending on, especially in the product management space, um, a lot of people talk about wanting to break into product or uh, product management or product ownership, and they're intimidated by the fact that they don't have this background in development because a lot of a lot of developers they want more control so then they become product owners, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that it's not necessary to have to have this very um, you know, long and storied background in technology at all. I think the most, I, the most successful people that I've worked with are people who have terrific soft skills. Mm. They are great listeners. They can really connect with the customers because ultimately if you're talking about just like um, development of an app or you know, some sort of product, the most important thing is to satisfy your customers and, and address their issues or to create efficiencies in their lives. And so, you know, some of the people that I've spoken to as of late, they're intimidated because they don't have this certification or that certification. I don't think it's, in, I, I don't think that if I were, if I were a hiring manager, that would be secondary to me. Hmm. Um, what's really important to me is, uh, is that somebody is really hard worker for <laughs> one thing they have to be very disciplined and they have to be able to connect to the customer so that's that's what I would change in IT hiring is this perception that you have to have um, very very strong technical skills in order to be successful in technology mm. you don't you you especially when we're we're, we're we're living in a world where people are building apps for other people the, I think the most important thing is understanding who your customer is. Mm, absolutely, that's true. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, you're right. There's been a lot of conversation in the IT field lately about um, what they call it gatekeeping, right? Are we even uh, causing people who would otherwise be qualified for certain roles because we put those types of requirements? You must have a computer science degree or you right. must have X number of years of technical experience. And I think you're right. That's something we absolutely need to reconsider because many of the roles we have in the IT field, and which is so huge now, are, aren't technical and don't necessarily require the same kind of analytical science -y skills to get the job done. Right, right. So, so where do you see yourself going in the future? You, you, you know, I, I'm not, or, or where do you see you know, this product management field going into the future? Um, so I really love my job right now. Um, so I'd imagine that at least in the near future, I'm probably going to stay in, stay in this area. Um, but one of the things that I discovered like in the second half of my career, because, um, when I was working as a developer, one of the things that I spent too much time on was working on developing this timesheet application. And this was before I started working uh, for the government. And it's just about as thrilling as it sounds, <laughs> building out a timesheet application for several years. And uh, it kind of led me to, I wouldn't call it a midlife crisis, but it led me to reflect on what was really important to me. And um, what it really boils down to for myself is what's important to me is that what the, the work that I do supports a mission that um, 
is close to my heart that I, mm. I also support, right? And I need to be able to see the benefits of it. So, you know, I could have been building a timesheet application that could have been helping people like 10 hops down in the road, but it didn't feel that way to me. And I wanted to do something for the greater good. Um, and I think I came to this realization about like five or six years ago. Um, and when you think about somebody doing something for their greater good, you usually think of like doctors and social workers and nurses who are all incredible people. But I thought to myself, like with my skills, what can I do to, you know, create a greater good for society or for people that I care about? And what it really led me to was um, looking into nonprofit and public service work, um, which is um, what led me to working within the government, specifically within the Peace Corps and then with the Millennium Challenge Corporation. So I do think that for folks who are you know, early in their career, you may not have the luxury of like being choosy because <laughs> you're still building up your skills and you know, and a lot of folks will just take what they can get, especially in a competitive job market. Um, but where I am in my career today, I think I've, I, I kind of liken myself to somebody who has worked in a restaurant, who has like worked in every single role in the restaurant. I've washed the dishes, I've worked in the front of the house, you know, I've been the cook. I've done everything, I feel as though I've done like almost everything in IT. Um, and so I really love where I am right now. It's a great personality fit for me, but where the, the organization that I work for also really matters as well. Mm. It has to be something that I, you know, I, I support. And, um, you know, so I, I love working for the Millennium Challenge Corporation. I love working for the Peace Corps. And I hope, you know, in the future that I'll continue to support organizations like this um, so that I could, you know, create a benefit to other people in this world. Wow, what a great answer. Well, thank you so much, Mai, for coming on the podcast today. It's always a joy for me to catch up with you. Even though we work together, we don't always get a chance to talk. Yeah. <laughs> for joining me today. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure and thanks for having me.